Welcome to Let's Talk About Development, a podcast by HDRI, a youth-led think tank dedicated to policy, research, and facilitating debate in the field of human development. On each episode of Let's Talk About Development, we talk to researchers and practitioners about development issues and how we can work together to create social change. In this episode, we will be talking about navigating a global pandemic from the perspective of young graduates. My name is Alice. And I'm the president of HDRI, and I'm super happy to welcome Letizia Roman, a soon-to-be graduate of Hertie School and a researcher for the Ipli Foundation. Hi, Letizia. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Alice. Thank you so much for inviting me. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Enjoying the weather, I guess. <laughs> oh, same, same. It's finally sunny. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... Let's dive in in this subject. It's been one year and a month almost since the pandemic has started. How are you feeling after all this time? Oh, that's that's a tough question. Uh, well, I guess that I'm feeling better than I would have expected. I finally got the chance to get uh, the vaccine. Uh, wow. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a bit uh, more hopeful Um not like you know one year ago when things seemed to be very dark and you know there was no light at the end of the tunnel or anything uh, i can you know proudly say that i'm 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 better i'm uh, finally you know excited about uh, going places having the possibility to go places mm-hmm. which is something that i would have deemed unbelievable yeah. uh, one year ago uh, how about you how are you feeling I'm a bit more hopeful as well. I just got my first um, shot of the vaccine on Monday. So wow. I'm waiting to be getting the second one as well in two weeks. And yes, I'm, I'm very hopeful about, you know, doing the things that we considered normal one year and a half ago, you know, going on a short holiday and all that. But uh, yeah, to be, to be honest, it's been a tough year and a half. Uh, I mean, not yeah. a year and a half, but a year and a month. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm very happy about every kind of small change that might make it a bit better. Absolutely. Now that you mentioned the one year and a half and one year and a month distinction, mm-hmm. I, I, it just came into my mind that days seem to be endless. And, you know, we, we seem to be stuck in a loop, in a time yeah. loop. Uh, I don't know about you, but for me, it's very hard to actually distinguish between days and weeks. And, uh, you know, I've, I've read about it as well. This is a common phenomenon. Uh, apparently, um, because we have an established routine, uh, it gets harder and harder yeah. to distinguish. And because we, we lose contact with the outside world one way or another, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny that you <laughs> mentioned that uh, I have no clue. I've been living like, the, like this for a while now, not knowing what day is it or how much time has passed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's very weird because I have this thing of saying one year and a half all the time, even when I'm referring to, I don't know, 11 months or a year and some weeks. It's very hard. I lose, ca- um, I lose track of time very easily, something that didn't happen before, you know. I feel like it's very hard in this monotony to kind of know what day it is, as you said, what hour it is, because all the days, more or less, they seem to be the same. So, yeah, it's definitely a loop. You're right. It is. 
it is. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll be breaking out of it soon. I hope uh, that. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so just to build a bit on that, when the pandemic started, did you think it's going to last this long or did you have any opinion about it? I'm just curious wow. to hear on that. <laughs> well, I... I I'm unfortunately and uh, you know a bit ashamed to admit that at the very beginning I kind of brushed it off but I guess this is something that a lot of people did because uh you know it seemed a bit far away we didn't uh yeah. we didn't have cases that were in our proximity at the very beginning it seemed like uh, I don't know I I'm shamefully admitting that I was part of the people who thought in the early days that it's just the flu and then you know the numbers started going up and the death toll starting uh, growing as well and that's when I got scared uh, and I started to believe that you know this this might not be just a temporary situation this might be an actual health crisis yeah. uh but in, in the early days i couldn't have imagined that you know one year later i'd be sitting in my apartment still uh you know afraid for my health and for for the health of the ones around me uh what about you did you feel like this was gonna you know last longer than a couple of months no or Honestly, no. And now I cannot understand why <laughs> I had this opinion. Uh, I find it super naive now that I look back, but I guess that's, you know, human nature. I think we're afraid to admit that things will last for so long because it's something that we never faced before. At least our generation has never faced something similar. And I... It was, it was very hard to picture that one year after I would be exactly in the same place as I was um, one year ago. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely. I didn't see the end. I didn't see a concrete end to it, but definitely I didn't think that it's going to be still going after one year. And as you said, still worrying about everything, the health of our family, the health of our friends, you know, being very careful with everything. Yeah. So, so definitely I didn't see it coming. No, and, uh, you know, stressing on what you said about this, you know, playing the generation card <laughs> in this conversation. Well, our generation has never, ever experienced yeah. something of this sort. I mean, we've maybe read about pandemics in the past yeah. through mediated access to different, I don't know, time periods or different global settings, but it never affected us and yeah. you know i think this is uh building up uh on that naivety of, on that generational naivety that we can't be touched by it that you know nothing bad is gonna happen uh i mean yeah as you said it's probably normal so i wouldn't bit my myself up too much uh Definitely. on my yeah yeah uh but in that it was a shock for for all of us Yeah. I think, and, and maybe it still is. I mean, I have days yeah. in <laughs> I'm waking up and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe it's, it's you know, still happening. And uh, I, I have days, days, good days, bad days. But in those bad days, I, I, I'm terrified of the fact that, you know, there's a generation of people that, uh, and especially of kids yeah. that will have lost Uh, one year and something of their lives yeah. uh, due to this pandemic that they you know can't socialize properly yeah. um, 
yeah, it's difficult for me as a young adult, but not to mention what do you tell to a two-year-old that wants to meet his or her friends? Uh, or yeah, or specifically in the case of Romania, for example, when schools have been closed the entire time, just imagine being a first grader and having to write, no, having to learn how to write on a tablet or not even having access to internet. Because schools were closed all the time in Romania, for example. So, yeah, um, it's been on and off and the pressure on, on uh, you know, parents that had to maintain a full-time job, uh, exactly. but also had to... Yeah, fit in the shoes of, of a teacher. Uh, and, you know, that's mostly uh, a problem of the, of the ed educational system. Because yeah. um, I feel like, you know, unlike other countries, uh, Romania specifically was harder to, uh, it, it was harder in Romania to really uh, put in place a system that's functional, uh, not to mention the other problems, infrastructural problems, yeah. you know, uh, yeah children from the rural areas not having access to internet from the get-go but yeah yeah and it's That's... also you know the discussion of uh on which shoulders does this responsibility of taking care of the children who are at school falls you know uh because there have been so many discussion on women taking much more responsibility in the household uh, having to work, having to cater to the needs of the children. There are so many discussions that can be held when, held when discussing, you know, what happened when children stopped going to school and they, mm. they were at home all the time with their parents. What happened in the family dynamic, whose responsibility became bigger, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but and this is, you know, opening a Pandora's box because... Yeah, <laughs> that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, the situation has been dramatic for, for everyone. And that's, that's an on discussion. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, how did you feel about all of this? So we, we know you didn't have children uh, yet. So, <laughs> that we know. Uh, that we know. Uh, what about your uh, mental health in this period? Because, you know, uh, having children is not the only trigger. Uh, no, definitely. What were the triggers for you? Uh, when the pandemic started, so in the first three months of lockdown, I was in Paris. Uh, so I was quarantining by myself for three months in the beginning in a small apartment. Uh, everybody that lives in Paris and is a student know that small apartments are, of course, the only thing that we can afford. Uh, so I lived by myself for three months and it was just at the beginning of the pandemic. So everything was, you know, different a bit. Everybody was very scared. Uh, I literally only went outside just for groceries. Um, <laughs> I was triggered by anything, to be completely honest. It was very hard. Um, it was exams period. It was very hard to focus. I felt very lonely because I was by myself and I couldn't see or talk to anyone. Uh, like, of course, face to face and have any kind of coping mechanism inside my house. So it's been very hard from, from that point of view. And to be honest, um, <laughs> It took me months to, to know how to interact with people again face to face. Uh, and it was very hard. And I think that this combined with, you know, the pressure to perform academically during a global pandemic uh, has made me very sensitive to a lot of things. So that's, that's kind of my experience. But how was yours? 
Well, I have this very vivid memory. Um, you know, it was the first week I was in Berlin when when the lo- mm-hmm. the first lockdown uh, took place, and um, I have I have this vivid memory with me, uh, my boyfriend with whom I spent the quarantine mm-hmm. with. Um, you know, we took the biggest backpack that we found in our house, and we went to Little, which is you know a local <laughs> yeah. supermarket. And it looked like a post-conflict place. Yeah. I mean, the shelves were almost emptied. Uh, we, I was a, a really, really terrified because I've never had to deal with food insecurity before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, for me, you know, every time I wanted something, I would just go out and uh, get whatever uh, article I'd need from, from the shop and, you know, get back home. But now having, you know, the scarcity of, of, of food and of resources in front of me, it was terrifying. And the worst part of it was that there was no toilet paper. Yeah. And, you know, that was uh, very traumatizing because, you know, I can get you know, I can give up my sweets. I can give up uh, a lot of things, but don't take the toilet paper. Yeah. So people started piling up resources, uh, you know, as soon as, as uh, the idea of lockdown entered the public sphere. And, uh, you know, we ended up uh, having a couple of weeks uh, to adjust to that. I remember that even on, um, on certain online uh, platforms, um, I mean, that you, you would use for online shopping, uh, there was still scarcity of uh, basic products. So, uh, again, toilet paper that really marked me. Um, certain, you know, there was, um, there was a shortage of masks for, for a very brief period of times, time, and uh, we, we were scared about it as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, but... I mean, after that, I'm, shortly after that, a, a routine uh, was put in place and, you know, having online classes um, began to be a part of that routine. Uh, and for me, I think I'm a very peculiar um, example, but I felt more relaxed relaxed to having uh online classes i think uh, the psychological factor of it was was a big part uh played a big part in me feeling more comfortable to attending my classes online than going uh on site because uh you know in my home i felt like i was safer and when we didn't know much about it like we didn't know what in which direction this pandemic was going um having online classes contributed a bit to, to it's very interesting it's very yeah. interesting it's a feeling of, of safety based on you know health circumstances you felt safer to be inside because you didn't know what was happening outside but i've never heard this you know before everybody was complaining about the online system you know not being able to have uh, something happening face to face. Of course, it was the best option because it was a pandemic. It's not about that, but I'm just talking about, you know, the the psychological consequences of it. But what what you're saying is it's very interesting. The fact yeah, that no. <laughs> absolutely, and and I get it. And I'm I'm not claiming that I didn't feel um, 
the psychological need yeah. or the social need of meeting face to face with my colleagues or with you know having the classes on site i'm just saying that for a very short period of time at the very beginning it felt good it felt like proactive yeah it felt like you know in a in a very uncertain setting proactive measures were being taken yeah. and um that for me was was fulfilling enough on on the short term but then of course yeah i've uh, <laughs> i've started missing uh my my colleagues my friends from the uni um you know um Zoom calls started to not be enough uh, to feed your need for socialization. Um, but I mean, how did you feel that the social dimension of, of this pandemic? Mm, that's a, a tough question. I guess <laughs> it's been, you know, three semesters that we had online now. We're in our final semester last week. Uh, we're about to graduate. It's been three semesters that we had online. Mm, I think it was weird. For me, it was weird from the beginning. Now it's not weird anymore because it, you know, it's something normal. Like I don't mind Zoom calls or I don't mind any kind of online platform to, to meet and talk about something. But in the beginning, it was just weird. I guess it was something new, you know? Um, and of course I was missing socializing with people. But it became normal after like a month, I would say. I, I normalized it a lot. And because I lived on my own, I didn't get to socialize with anyone really, apart from the, the people at the shops. Um, and everybody, everything else was virtual. So, of course, I missed the social part of it. But as I told you um, before, it was a process to learn how to interact with people live again, for me at least. It's been tough. It, it, it's it's been tough yeah yeah i i can imagine um on that point of learning how to to socialize again i remember uh you know that in berlin we had um we have we had lockdown on and off and mm -hmm. you know during one of the offs uh i met up with um a couple of uh colleagues um and you know outdoors safe masks Absolutely, everything yeah. and I remember the awkwardness <laughs> of having to, I mean, not knowing what to do. Yeah, how uh, to act. <laughs> do I, I mean, there was the elbow salute. Exactly, uh, you know, oh my God. Oh, the elbow salute was magnificent, but still it was so awkward because we stared at each other and we were like, yeah. do we... Well, I want to hug you, but I can't because, yeah. you know, we're doing this for, for public safety. We're, we're doing this for, for the greater good. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, elbow, elbow uh, salute or elbow greeting is, is something that I could not embrace because I just felt, you know, it felt awkward. so weird. It felt awkward. But on the other hand, it felt so amusing because people were so creative. They they tried to uh, close the gaps, uh, the distance between each other, and they came up with this very creative, fun, fun, fun thing to do. Uh, but yeah, and I, I think that the more substantive discussion uh, that we have to have is I mean, we still don't know how to socialize as we did before. I mean, things have not been relaxed entirely. I no. still can't 
go outside and meet up with my friends and I don't know uh, hug them, embrace them, uh, hold hands, whatever, be affectionate with them. So about the learning process you were you were addressing, I think we're still in the middle of it, and I I'm I'm so so fascinated by how things are gonna be at the really end. Of, I mean. If, if you can say that there will be an end and, you know, this is not the new reality that we have to uh, confirm to you. Um, I'm curious about how the social dynamics will change. Uh, are we going to be more distanced? Are we going to, you know, keep the masks uh, in crowded places as a general rule yeah. are we going to be more cautious are we going to be paranoid with each other because you know paranoia was a big part of, of this pandemic uh looking uh accusingly to people who yeah. were sniffing. not wearing yeah, or sniffing or coughing or you know, not wearing their masks and masks entirely could no, i i still do that when i see someone <laughs> with a mask under their nose i still look you know in a weird way at them you know hoping to persuade <laughs> them to put the to put it in a in a correct way but yeah i don't have an answer to that question and i think it can be a, a combination of all of them you know uh i can see a word in which we will wear masks in crowded places or in public transportation i think that with time you know we're gonna we're not gonna wear masks anymore on the street when, when yeah. you're not in a crowded place. But I think that masks in, you know, closed spaces might become a new reality, you know, something that will be kept for a long period of time. And in terms of distance or affection, I don't know. I think this depends so much, you know, from person to person because I can understand why people would become more distant, but I can also understand why people would become more affectionate because they missed it, you know. And they, they can't they kind of want want it back. So I think that this is gonna be super dependent on the way everybody was touched or affected by but by what happened. That's true, that's true. It's not a one uh, size fits all uh, answer to this, uh, but it's just interesting. It's interesting to 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 put into perspective the reform post-COVID reform, because I feel like it's uh, that type of situation in which you have a, a pre-COVID-19 um, normality and then you have the post-COVID-19 uh, reform. And I feel like uh, the social dimension, the social realm of, of interpersonal relations uh, is something that will face a lot of, um, you know, up rates so just yeah. i don't know if upgrades is the word uh but um modifications Definitely. let's stick to that yeah yeah talking um, about modifications sorry lady go ahead no 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 <laughs> please <laughs> talking a bit about modifications i was just about to to ask you you know three semesters online during a global pandemic at home uh what were the main challenges that you faced during this entire period? You told us how you adapted in the beginning, you know, but after it, like you had two more semesters, uh, you are at the end of your studies, you had to write your thesis. It was a very busy period for you. You worked at the same time. So you, you did a lot of things, you were a busy bee. So how did you adapt to, to all of these challenges and how did you keep yourself going 
through, through everything that was going on around you? Well, that's a great question. So um, I think that after uh, the first, you know, weeks, even months uh, of uh, feeling not necessarily okay with what was going on, but with adjusting and really focusing my concerns to adjusting rather than to what was going on. Uh, a huge, like a massive wave of anxiety kicked in. And um, I really felt very, very um, scared up to the point in which I would not participate in class as much as I did before all of this. I, I feel like active participation was one of the things that um, I couldn't really embrace mm -hmm. due to anxiety. Um, I don't know why. I mean, anxiety cannot be rationalized. That's, that's the point. Uh, but for me, the manifestation of this anxiety was not being able to be so active, not taking part in the discussions. And that was, I think, partially due to being confined to, to my apartment mm -hmm. and, you know, not feeling even that those discussions, I mean, I'm going to be honest here, at some point it felt like the class discussions were meaningless. I mean, out there, there was a global pandemic. Yeah. I was scared that my uh, mother, who has uh, asthma and has a precondition to, to uh, you know, a, resp a respiratory um, affection, would, um, would, would eventually uh, get corona so mm -hmm. in my mental balance I was like okay education is very important and it's very interesting to uh talking about I don't know uh, g20 policies security <laughs> policies or uh whatever but um the threat of corona was was um laying heavy on on my consciousness uh, and so yeah it was yeah, I would say I had a half a year of very anxious thoughts um, with, and it was it was difficult to to overcome this. Um, I guess I I just it's not one of those things in which you say, uh, okay, I'll stop feeling anxious uh, tomorrow, and you know I'll uh, start um, going back to my old self. Uh, that wasn't the case. It was a uh, baby step lots of baby steps um learning how to to be uh active again um having lots of uh you know uh, discussions with myself and uh, myself and uh proving that i'm still capable uh that you know not participating in a course uh, it's fine we you, you know it's uh, my mental way of uh, my psychological way of, of taking a break of really letting everything that's going on uh, sink in um, but you know uh, that was um, for school I was lucky enough to have had a job during the pandemic mm -hmm. uh, which is something that not a lot of um, students can 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 say and uh i valued that opportunity uh you know with my whole self like i i was so grateful because i i knew that uh, you know it was chance it was luck um 
so I, I tried my best to, to be productive. And this is how I got introduced to uh, the toxic culture of productivity during the pandemic. <laughs> where, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. Um, you know, where our self-worth was measured in uh, how many tasks we can finish a day. And, uh, you know, it... It, don't get me wrong i loved my i love my job i'm i'm still working um there and it's it's a fantastic place to be uh, i'm absolutely in love with my project i have a fantastic um a fantastic um coordinator that's super supportive and has never put a uh, pressure on me uh so uh the pressure came from from inside i was the one putting pressure on on myself because uh, you know I felt like it's the only thing where I have control uh, unlike the pandemic which is this very scary thing that's happening in the real world and I can't do anything about it um, so yeah anxiety so just to, to summarize uh, this very lengthy response sorry for that uh, no it was it was a hard question uh, I would say ang- lots of anxiety and, uh, you know, uh, lots of baby steps to overcoming it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, very f- qu- quite a lot of um, imposed productivity, uh, forced productivity. Sharing your insights and your experience. Uh, and to everyone that's, li- that's listening to us, stay tuned uh, and follow our work on Uh, this podcast and on everything else that we're doing and I'll be very happy to see you next time. Thank you so much. To conclude this discussion, Leticia, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, It was amazing as always talking to you and thank you for sharing your insights and your experience. Uh, And to everyone that's that's listening to us, stay tuned uh, and follow our work Uh, this podcast and on everything else that we're doing and I'll be very happy to see you next time. Thank you so much.